Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson. And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones had just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately. He's got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for part two of the weekend mailbag. And so for that, we bring in our friend who is the co-founder over at jetsxfactor.com, Mr. Robbie Sabo. So with that, let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from JP Waxer. He says, if the Jets D-line is light and focused purely on getting upfield and the linebackers are light and fast, how are they going to stop the run? Jordan Whitehead, will they just concede the running game? There's got to be some moves mm-hmm. coming over the summer. I do think that they want to make a move over the summer to maybe add another body there, but I think they're just going to get creative with the scheme is really what it's going to come down to. They'll do the rotation, and I think they're hoping that some of these guys are going to step up a little bit more. Like you said, Whitehead will certainly play a big role coming in as the safety to try and stop the run. They're banking on Quincy Williams improving in year number two with the Jets, so he'll be another piece that they're relying on CJ Mosley with his leadership and his know-how is somebody that they're hoping will help stop the run. Quinn and Williams up front hopefully can clog up the run a little bit. So I think they're just going to mix and match and plug and play and try and do it that way. Yeah, this is my biggest question going into the season because we know Salah's system. It's pressure. It's pressure in terms of gap attacking. Um, very rarely will, will they throw a front out there where it's stand up two gap with the D line. And that's where they get into trouble sometimes because 
I'm cool with this scheme. I'm cool with any scheme. But but if you're a defensive coach, defensive play caller that goes in a way where the front seven doesn't say, okay, let's slow down and assess the situation and ask ourselves, what is the offense trying to accomplish against us? Then you can get into trouble and then you could have your scheme work against you, against, uh, you know, counters, anything that's misdirection, anything that's patience. Uh, screens hurt them last year big time because guys would just fly recklessly downfield. So that's the thing I'm going to be looking out for this year. Will Salah coach in a way where his defense says, okay, do we have the awareness to understand what they're trying to accomplish, the offense? And the good news is I think he's he's a coach who can make that happen because what I saw from him in terms of game management was the anti-Rex Rex leaned on his defense, even in an offensive world, in terms of game management. Salah was anything but. He understands this league is an offensive league now. So I'm hopeful that you know good things are coming in terms of scheme flexibility. Next question comes in from Michael Palace. He says, do you think the Jets would be better off with one dominant pass rusher and potentially a major drop-off with the second best player or a great team pass rush without one dominant player? Also, who do you think the team will use as their primary gunner? The punt coverage was awful, at least statistically, last year. As far as the gunner, I'm guessing Justin Hardy, but I haven't given it too much thought. And in terms of the pass rush, that's a tough question because if you look at the Buffalo Bills, that's a team that had a collectively really good defense, for example. But then when it came down to it, they just couldn't do anything against the Kansas City Chiefs because they didn't have that one lights-out guy. So you sort of need that lights-out guy. Otherwise, you could run into a situation like the Bills ran into against the Chiefs where there's just not enough firepower. I would lean towards wanting that one dominant guy like an Aaron Donald or somebody like that, Von Miller, rather than just having a bunch of decent players that make up a collectively solid unit because I just think that it's so much harder to game plan for a guy like that and take him out of the game. And when you try to do that, it does open up things for other people. So even if your second and third options are nowhere near as good, because the opposing team has to spend so much time locking in on that ace pass rusher, it opens things up for the other guys. So so I would say that I would probably lean towards that over the Buffalo Bills model. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. And I think I'm trying to view it from a statistical end of the process result. Like when the season's over, okay, well, which one would you rather have? Because if you're a coaching staff, you want to go into it with the mindset that, that okay, we have four to six guys who could do damage. But also, if you're being honest with yourself, yes, we got to find that one elite guy who we could lean on and trust no matter what. So that's an interesting question. Um, you know, I think we're along the same lines on that one. They, they got to find that one guy, but carry that mindset in there that you want multiple guys with production. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from my buddy Ed Valley, the best meteorologist that you will ever meet in your life, and a hell of a guy too. He says, gotta ask, if you can pick one type of weather for tailgating and a football game, what would it be? Sunny in 75, snow, pouring rain. Bonus points if you pick two different types for both respective scenarios, game and tailgate. Cheers, guys. Hmm, that is very interesting. I would say for tailgating, the ideal is definitely sunny in 75. I don't like to freeze when I'm trying to eat. As far as inside for the game, I don't want to sit in pouring rain. I don't want to sit in the snow. And I also don't want to sit in the cold. So, like, I guess... I'm at the point where I just would rather sit in baseball weather. I know that sort of makes me a grouchy old man, but that's my preferred weathered climate for a football game. But that said, it is pretty cool to be there for a freezing cold game. You just got to layer up. Yeah, I'm thinking November, you know, for just the perfect all around tailgating. If you had to put the two together, tailgating and in the stands. You know, November, it doesn't have to be sunny. It could be a little overcast, but that crisp temperature where it's not too cold, not too hot. I'll go mid-November, early November, maybe late October if we're we're feeling frisky. Next question comes in from Disco Fries. He says, if Quinnen Williams has a solid year but not a great one, do you think the Jets will re-sign him to a long-term big money deal? I don't think they would sign him to a big money deal if he has an okay year and not a great one. I don't think they would see him being worth it, especially with the way that the Jets run their rotation. Now, if he has a breakout season and becomes the player that we all expect, and we've seen flashes of him being that player throughout his three-year tenure with the Jets so far, then I think it might be a different story. But for now, I think if you're the Jets, you've got to see more if you're going to commit a ton of money to Quentin Williams because he's been good, not great. He's had injuries, and he hasn't been that player that you want to give that elite money to yet. Yeah, you're right on the money. And... If he doesn't have a breakout year, here's the thing. Yeah, the Jets will try to bring him back, but knowing Douglas and this regime, they'll try to get him on you know, a deal that he's actually worth. And considering his talent, there will be a team that offers more. So they're going to be in a tricky spot if he does not have a breakout year because a team will pay for the talent, not the production. And Douglas will not want to do that. Although it is worth mentioning, Robbie, 
they would still have him on their contract for another year because they did exercise Quentin Williams' fifth-year uh, option. Fifth year. So Correct. He, he could theoretically break out during the fifth-year option year, but for his benefit, you'd like to see him do it now because if he wants to get paid, he's going to want to do it before that fifth-year option kicks in. Next question comes in from the Manton187. He says, are you guys getting nervous about Zach Wilson yet? I listened to Connor Hughes talking about what he's seen since he's been there at OTAs and doesn't think there's been any real significant progress. That has me a little concerned. It's not ideal, but Robbie said it best before. Take the OTA stuff with a grain of salt. These guys are trying things. They're doing stuff that they may not actually do in games. They want to test to see what they can get away with. Now, you'd love to hear that Wilson is dominating, certainly, but I wouldn't panic just yet. We have no idea what they're working on, what their mindset is. Forget right now. Even in training camp, we have no idea. So they're they're trying to accomplish things that we have no idea what they're trying to accomplish. They level up from now until week one. And a lot of these plays, 7-on-7, seven 11-on-11, seven, 11 11, the defense knows what play's coming. It's just that simple because sometimes they'll run the same play with the first team, second team. It goes in patterns. So... Again, take it with a grain of salt. You know, the answer to my uh, one of the previous questions, you can't overreact. Let it play out. Let the coaching do its thing. Let Zach Wilson do his thing. And, uh, you know, away we go. Next question comes in from John Jetson. He says, here comes the annual Denzel Mims hype train coming down the tracks again. Can we really have any faith in him to be a significant contributor to the Jets this year? We know what his floor is, but what is his realistic ceiling if all the stars align for Mims this year? I would say if we're being realistic about it, the ceiling would be a reasonably capable, productive receiver. That's it. It's all you can really hope yeah. for at this point. You can't count on him being anything close to what you were expecting him to be when the Jets drafted him. Obviously, if Denzel Mims had become that player and you had Mims and Elijah Moore here, you would say there's your one-two punch for the next X amount of years. But the reason they had to go get Garrett Wilson is because Mims didn't turn into the player that they were expecting. But if Mims can at least be a decent player, even a solid three or four, at least you're getting something out of him. I think it's unrealistic after what we saw last year to expect him to be anything more than that. So that's what I would keep my eye on. Now, that doesn't mean that I expect it to necessarily happen. And I wouldn't be shocked if he either gets cut or traded before the season starts. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But for now, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either. You know, Douglas always has his ear on the phone. First things first, see if he can compete and land himself in the top five of the whiteout group. That's that's the first thing. He's got the talent. He just has to figure it out between the ears in terms of what the coaching staff's looking for, uh, the playbook, all that good stuff. You know, making that transition from the Big Twelve not easy. From Baylor, not easy. You know, you're not you're not really, you know, hitting the classroom in terms of route running uh, that crisply. You know, when compared to the NFL, so the the good news is you don't have to rely on him. Two years ago, they had to rely on him. Well, he's a second receiver, basically on the depth chart. That's not the case anymore, and that's really great news. So I think that's the best takeaway. Next question comes in from Godson5 again. He says, will the Jets ever play in New York again, 
And can they please move past the gay startled uniforms and just completely turn that page? (laughs) I don't know if they'll ever play in New York again. I wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility, but they did have that stadium built for them, what, a dozen years ago? So co-own it with the Giants. They'd have to get out of that, maybe sell it. I'm not sure how the financials of that would work. So I would say it's not impossible, but I wouldn't hold my breath. As far as the gay startled uniform stuff, I'll be honest with you, and everybody who listens to the show knows this. I just don't care about the uniform stuff. It doesn't matter to me one way or the mm-hmm. other. I don't care about the logos, any of that. It just doesn't matter to me. I'm not a huge fan of the current uniforms. I got to be honest. I'm, I'm more of a white helmet, you know, green stripes, two green stripes down the middle type of person. Or I, I would take a modernized version of the 80s. It does it, you know, blow my mind. Does it get me down? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, again, it's not that big of a deal, but. Um, you know, these are, this is one of the franchises in the NFL that rotates uniforms they've done it since their inception, uh, you know, even going back to the Titans. So expect that could t- to continue the next time they revamp, they'll probably take one of the classic looks, probably the 80 look eighties look and revamp it, modernize it. Uh, in terms of New York, there's rumors that they have a potential out in the lease. I think in 2025, 2026, uh, I'm not sure. These are rumors, not substantiated. Don't be, you know, spreading it around town. Hey, hey they're going to move back to New York. No, I have no idea. Um, will it happen? I mean, who the hell knows? Would, would they go to Queens? Uh, between the two teams, Jets and Giants, Jets are the likely candidate. But I, my money's on no right now. Next question comes in from 53-year rebuild. And this builds on the last question from Godson5. He says, was Woody Johnson teasing Jets fans with that post on the Jets vintage logo? If so, should we storm the castle? <laughs> I would not be storming the castle. And as far as if he's teasing fans with that logo, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's he's just returned. You know, he hasn't been. Actually, it's been more than more time than I thought. Uh, returning back to the states for Woody, but I, I think he's just still in the gauging the fan base. Uh, fan base's temperature phase right now. Tease? I wouldn't say tease. I think he's just trying to gain knowledge. Next question comes in from Todd Daggies. He says, any news on Larry Ogan, Joby, apologies if I misspelled his name, <laughs> and Quan yeah. Alexander, or have you heard anything else about any other players the Jets might be interested in? Well, obviously we know about Riley Reef, and we know that yep. the Jets are in the market for a swing tackle, so we'll see what happens there. He came in for a visit. Joby and Quan Alexander haven't heard anything new there. Know the Jets are interested. It's a matter of price. We'll see how that goes. You heard Nick Spano of U Stadium come on the show recently and say that he believes it's more likely that Quan Alexander would sign than Larry Joby because he thinks that Quan Alexander isn't going to have as much interest as Larry Joby did. Remember, Joby signed a pretty big deal before it got voided with the injury with the Bears, and it seems like he's getting a pretty solid bill of health now, so he may have some more interest and might get more money. Quan Alexander is a player that is familiar with Salah's scheme and all that and may not have as many offers. So I haven't heard anything beyond the three guys that I just mentioned. Robbie, I'm not sure if you've heard anything different, but what are you hearing in general and what have you heard about those guys? Yeah, I haven't heard anything new either. Um, forget about spelling Ogunjobi. I can't even say it correctly. You know, Half the time it's Ogunjobi, Ogunjobi. I know he's a Jersey kid. I think he's from, I forget which city, but it's North Jersey. But I would agree. Quan, if one of the two were to sign, I would agree that would be Quan, <laughs> but nothing new on that front. 
Next question comes in from our guy, Tommy Griffin Kranz. He says, guys, I know that you've made some wrestling references last week, and I'm a big wrestling fan myself. What are some of your favorite memories from the Monday Night Wars? Ooh, this is a great question. Mm-hmm. I love this because it is the off season, so it's fun to answer the odd question here and there that doesn't have to do with the Jets specifically. Although it kind of does in a way because Joe Douglas and Adam Gase bonded over wrestling. So if you know you're wrestling, then you might know the way that Joe Douglas is going to quote unquote book the roster. If you catch my drift, if you're a wrestling fan, yep. you know what I mean by that. I'll start with some of mine and then Robbie, I'll kick it to you. And I'm going to say there were favorite memories, not just WWF and WCW, but also ECW because they were in the middle of that Monday Night War as well, even though technically ECW wasn't on Monday nights and they weren't really a competitor for the other two. They were still in the national spotlight. So I had so many favorite memories from all of those promotions. The Austin McMahon stuff was obviously phenomenal. Anything involving The Rock, the Mick Foley stuff, especially the Hell in the Cell match that he had with The Undertaker, anything involving Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart in WWF was phenomenal. I love that Iron Man match, although I guess that was technically before the Attitude Era, but still within the parameters of the Monday Night Wars. But Shawn Michaels had some just incredible matches throughout the course of those Monday Night Wars. WCW, man, I love the cruiserweights. Dean Malenko was one of my all-time favorites. Rey Mysterio. And then you look at the roster of talent that they had. And I was talking to my friend Sean Reedy, who's the co-host for Jerry Lawler's podcast about this the other day. Everybody talks about who was on top in WCW. You had Hogan, Piper, Flair, Macho Man Savage, Nash, Hall, all that. But there was never a more talented roster in total than WCW during those years. Look at who was on the undercard. I just mentioned Malenko, Guerrero, Mysterio. You had Psychosis, Fit Finley, Dave Taylor, William Regal, Chris Benoit. Jericho. Jericho. Just name after name, Ultimo Dragon. I could sit here all day throwing out talented wrestlers, Disco Inferno, Conan, on and on down the line. So that's what I loved about WCW was the mix. The sting angle with the crow got old after a while, but it had its moments where it was really fun. I liked watching DDPs rise up. The NWO stuff was incredible at first, especially when Hogan turned heel. It was a moment you never thought you would see when he was in the ring and they're throwing garbage at him. It was legitimate heel heat, which you just don't see in the wrestling business these days because everybody's clued into the fact that it's not on the level, so to speak. So many favorite memories there. Incredible matches in WCW, too. Eric Bischoff turning was pretty cool. He wasn't quite as good of a heel as Vince, but he did a really nice job in that role. And then with ECW, I mean, I could sit here all day giving you favorite Mm -hmm. memories about ECW. Mick Foley's promos, Steve Austin really coming into his own with character development, doing the superstar Steve Austin thing, the Raven-Tommy Dreamer feud, Taz's character development into this ultimate badass, watching Sabu fly all over the place, Rob Van Dam with his incredible acrobatic moves, just the fast-cutting, hard edge of the television show and the Pulp Fiction montage and the wild booking by Paul Heyman. Everything about it was so fun, so... The Monday Night Wars in that era of wrestling, I don't know that they'll ever be able to replicate it. Robbie, we were there when it was happening, and it was just so much fun. Every Monday night, I remember, I used to watch ECW before Raw and Nitro would come on. Then I would flip back and forth between Raw and the Monday Night Football game if it was football season and stay up and watch the Nitro re-air that came on directly after the live Nitro. And then obviously if the NFL wasn't on, I would just watch Raw and then 
flip to nitro afterwards sometimes my curiosity would get the best of me when i would flip between the two shows but man there was so much great stuff happening on mondays back then in our age range you were a wwf fan when you were a little kid i mean and there was no other way to go about it basically you know then i kind of took a break you know for a couple of years but then once those monday night wars started and wcw started to rise to prominence you could only flip back and forth that was the only option and Nitro was, I think, three hours and Raw was two hours. So you might have got a little more Nitro. But eventually, you know, Nitro just ended the same way where the NWO came in, wrecked someone and trash was being thrown at him basically in the middle of the ring. Um, Hogan turning, Bash at the Beach. Everything was great in that era. I personally loved, and this was after the war was over pretty much, when, like you said, Jericho, there were so many talented guys on the undercard in WCW and WWF. The way they introduced Jericho mm-hmm. was just phenomenal. It, you know, I didn't even know what it was in the beginning, that countdown, um, you know, before the, the Internet era that we have today, you know, the prime Internet era. So, you know, everything about it was perfect. They could never replicate it. Yeah, they go a little too far now with the, uh, you know, PG era pg rating uh, they could be more cutting edge if they wanted to be they don't want to be it'll never get replicated and the magic is gone unfortunately you know i'm one of those guys now who loves to hear about old wrestling stories but doesn't watch any new stuff mm-hmm. so you know I, I can't classify myself as a hardcore wrestling fan still but give me give me a wrestling podcast where they talk about the old stuff give me dark side of the ring i could watch that stuff all day on that note, perfect way to end part two of the mailbag. Thank you so much, Robbie Sabo, for coming on, co-founder of Jets X Factor, answering some questions with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything that you're doing over at Jets X Factor, subscribe, follow you on social media. How can they do all that? Uh, check me out at Robbie Sabo with a Y, like Robbie Anderson. Back in the day, he might have changed it. I hear. I haven't forgave him yet. And uh, check out JetsXFactor.com. A lot of good stuff there. Um, also on the App Store and Google Play. Visit playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel to check out everything we're doing over there. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great All-22 breakdowns of all the Jets' draft picks. Plus, he just did a review of Zach Wilson's improvement after he came back from injury last year. Watch all the videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.